WATD presents Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi. If it's Monday night, it's got to be Monday Night Talk with Kevin Tachi. So thanks for having me on. Kevin, good for you to hold back and let him tell his story. Putting the South Shore spin on politics, current events, and pop culture. You guys are the center of the universe today. At least the political universe. I believe both of you are, are from the area. Marshfield guys, yes, no? Correct, yeah. That's right. There's only one person not from Marshfield in this room right now. That's you. It's me. I'm the outcast. Well, you've always been generous with the time. I appreciate it very much. Well, I'm honored to be on your show tonight, Kevin, with that impressive lineup you have. I believe our guest that we've been waiting for, Congressman Stephen Lynch. Kevin, good to join you. The governor of the Commonwealth. Very Charlie good. Thank you. You ready? I got to tell you that uh, it's really nice to hear Aerosmith on the intro there. You're going to be the rock and roll governor? I don't know about that, but... <laughs> we have Mayor Joe Sullivan joining us, sir. How are you? Well, Kevin, very good to be with you again. Dr. Drew Pinsky. Dr. Drew, are you there? I'm here. Thanks for having me. Mr. Ming-Sai, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, thanks, Kevin. Massachusetts State Auditor Suzanne Bump. Hello, Auditor. How are you? I am fine, and I'm delighted to be with you this evening. And now, your host, Kevin Tachi. Welcome to... Monday Night Talk, is that a little loud? Welcome to Monday Night Talk. As you hear, we already have guests in studio. You are tuned into Monday Night Talk here at 95.9 WATD. I'm sorry, is it a little bit loud? I'm talking to, of course, the state rep, Kathy Lenatra, who has joined uh, state rep Allison Sullivan Almeida. Yes, Um, well, not quite yet, but yes. Name change will come after November. Oh, I was going to say, pictures, pictures lied? No, no, no. Okay. The wedding happened. The name okay, okay, change okay. won't come until it, it after. It looked beautiful. Thank you. Um, so, we're, so we're doing like a little a little tech here. If it's a little loud, is that better? One, two, three, four. Much better. Much, as much as I love to much, hear your voice. Much better. So we have an abbreviated version of Monday Night Talk this evening. Uh, so we get the first hour. Second hour is a political forum with the folks who are running for the second Plymouth and Bristol district. These are the Democrats. Yes, Kathy, Democrats. Uh, State Senator Mike Brady and uh, Katrina Huff Lamont. You look, you look, you look shocked. Well, I didn't know of this, but I'm so excited to hear. Yes. Yes. It's I political will season. To, will they be in studio? They will. Oh, wow. Not oh. here. They'll be oh. downstairs. Downstairs. Though. Okay. Maybe let the peek in and say yeah. hi. You guys, I, I, you know, I saw a couple of folks that you both know sitting in the hallway a couple of weeks ago for a forum. I, I don't think there's any rule of law. Not that I want to say that there's some kind of a policy here at the radio station that you can't sit outside and listen. Ah, <laughs> that was good. That was pretty good. That was not planned. That was not planned. <laughs> that was not planned. So, so Representative Sullivan is here. She's the guest, and she, of course, I love it when they, they show up in, in groups. Yes. Um, although we, have, I ex- we haven't done it in a while. We haven't, and I didn't realize I was a surprise. Yes. <laughs> I didn't quite tell Kevin. Kevin mentioned, he was like, oh, if you want to invite anyone. I did. So I was like, it's, were you hoping for me, Kevin? I was hoping for everybody and anybody. Great. Okay. We have to give Matt a shout out, though. Yes. We miss yes. Matt. Matt's listening. I was with Hi, Matt, Matt this morning. Matt's listening and tweeting, yes, probably. Yes, I, well, that was probably <laughs> him right there. <laughs> probably texting. Nope, just my mom. Oh, tell mom we said hi. Dad? Mom, mom, Kevin says hi. Dad, Kevin says hi. Hi. I was saying, <laughs> when you see them, when you greet them today, tomorrow, whenever, tell them I was asking for them. Uh, so, Allison Sullivan will be here for the first segment, second segment. So happens to be uh, Leah Allen. She is a lieutenant governor oh, candidate. Oh, Cole Allen, yeah. Yeah. She's run for lieutenant governor. Did I, forget the, did I forget the Pope heart? Cole. Cole, I'm sorry. Why did I say Pope? Former state rep? Yes, yeah. 
You served with her. I did not. No. You served with her. No. I did not. We came in we together. Came together. Oh. We're rookies. Matching set. Not so much anymore. Not anymore. We're matching not. set. Oh, she preceded. She was, uh, but, but, uh, where's my notes here? I believe she was in like 20, 15, was yeah. it 2015? In your 15, 16. No, no, no. no. Former 12th Essex District State Rep. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. How long have you guys been in office? A while this now. This is our third session. Yeah. If elected. If when elected. elected. When elected. When elected. When elected. Very nice. Very nice. So we'll look forward to It doesn't to feel that way because COVID really screwed us up. Oh, it definitely did. We were just discussing that. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to talking to you ladies. If this thing called civilization was going to end, I think it would have ceased during one of the two world wars. My grandparents never gave up. They worked and lived till the bitter end, which wasn't bitter at all. Actually, it was sweet. Their life was sweet. I want my life the same. I want to work, coach my kids' soccer team, go out to eat after, and then come home to my bed where I can rest my bones. Then get up and do it all again tomorrow. That's what I want. That's what I'm working for. And that is my American dream. I can't do it alone. I need you. We need each other. We're all in this together, and together we can have our American dreams. As long as we're willing to do what is necessary to survive on this marble called Earth. Brennan's Smoke Shop, the best smoke shop in Massachusetts and now New Hampshire. Brennan's Smoke Shop, customers must be 21 years of age or older and proper ID is required. Download previous episodes of Monday Night Talk and listen to them anywhere. Check out 959WATD.com slash Monday Night Talk. And now, more Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi. We return for the State House Report, or at least catching up with some of our state representatives as uh, representing the 7th Plymouth District as it's con- currently constructed. Mm-hmm. Allison Sullivan. Hi. And representing the 12th Plymouth District. Do not challenge me to name all the communities as part of the 12th, <laughs> but Kathy Lenatra. Hello, Kevin. How is you, kids? We're good. You guys like how, how did your district change? Did you pick up so I did. I picked up Pembroke, a, a precinct in Pembroke, and I lost the precinct in Duxbury. Oh, okay. And now, and I'm going to give a shout out to Representative Cutler, because I just got a text that said, sounds good, so that's a good sign. But I'm splitting Halifax and Pembroke with him. Oh. Nice. So if you two are like peanut butter and jelly, how does Josh play in the, ma- in the mix? Do you like the potato chips? <laughs> <laughs> You guys all Maybe. work. To, you guys all work well together, and we I think have. it's fantastic. We do. we do, and we have to. You know, it's and it's political season. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's it's never easy, and it's it seems like it comes so fast. Yes, it's like right on us. You think sometimes? You think sometimes folks don't realize all the work that you guys do, and the hours you invest, Allison. Do you? Can you repeat that? So the question is. Do you think do you, do you think that folks who vote, folks who are your constituents, mm-hmm. realize all the work that you put in on their behalf? I mean, I think some do. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of people in the district that maybe don't pay attention closely to the day-to-day workings of a state rep and what that means. Um, 
I think there's a lot of things that we do behind the scenes that people don't really see or hear about. I think, you know, the more focus is on the the highlights that you see, right? If it's mm. on the news, a certain bill comes before you, you know, typically it's more, um, I would say, those classy topic talking topics, right. you know, it's like the the sexy topics. Yes, I was you know say what I mean. What's sexy of the day? Yeah. Like. So I think there's a lot of pe- things that people don't realize that we debate or, or have conversations about because of them not being so much in the limelight. But then there's also constituent services I was just that say that. Yeah. A lot of people don't see. There's a lot of people that don't understand what a state rep actually does. They just see that we're in Beacon Hill and they'll say, well, you're not working now because you're not in session. But that's Mm -hmm. not true. We're still working 60 hours a week. We have 42,000 constituents and and most of them, you know, some of them need some help and they're really at the rock bottom and and we're able to help them. So I think I mean, I don't think there's a day, you probably think so Mm -hmm. too, there's not a day that we don't get an email. Mm. You know, and and I say an email, it's several emails. like 300 a day. You know, and I, and it's, and it's the, I think that's the best part about the job, right? Is, is helping people. You know, we were just actually sitting before we came on the show, Kathy and I were able to get um, some late lunch, early dinner kind of food. And uh, we were talking about, we're very much about the people and not necessarily the political end of it. Right. And we really like helping people. And when you can really make a difference in people's lives and a positive difference, especially when they're rock bottom. I mean, most of the time people don't reach out until, to until the they're office. at the bottom. Yeah. Right. Until right. we're their last resort. So it is, it's definitely hard to see. Um, and sometimes it's heartbreaking to hear some of the stories that we hear, but when we're able to have a positive outcome, it really brings joy to what we do. It does bring joy. And the pandemic really brought that out. You know, Mm -hmm. there were some issues that we always thought about before that. And then we had the pandemic and those issues just as if it was exasperated, right? Mm -hmm. You know, our mental health, um, food insecurity, housing issues, unemployment, yes, Mm -hmm. domestic violence, you're right. Um, and those are things that we really dug deep in. So that's what Allison and I have in common is that we really dug deep into our constituents and really helped them. And we, and we, a lot of the times we did it where we didn't get recognition because we don't want recognition for that. That's right. our job. So our feel good about that is seeing someone lift it up. And I think that we both agree on that and mm-hmm. both really love that part of our job. Is there a lot going on with informal sessions? Are there, is there any kind? Is there any meat on the bone still? Once the budget is passed, at these these days, where leading up to November, September, November, is this still a lot of discussion? Is this still a lot, a lot of work being done on bills that might still be hung up in committee or being discussed? Yeah, so there's definitely work on you know bills that not necessarily require a roll call vote, right? So that's that's where it can be done in informal session and not in a formal session. Mm. Um, so there's definitely like home rule, certain home rule petitions, right. I mean, and that really affects our district. So we're still advocating for those uh, different bills and that those different pieces of legislation that really impacts the communities that we represent. I know I have several home rule petitions that I'm trying to get through before the end of the year. Anything of note that you'd care to share or that? I mean, they're, you know, they're not like, you know, those, those topics that I think people pay attention to. I think East Bridgewater definitely pays attention to because it's, it affects affects East Bridgewater, right? right? So one of the pieces of legislation is taking our East Bridgewater Police Department out of civil service and they're seeing, and I don't know about you as far as uh, your communities, but we're seeing a a real hard hit around law enforcement and who applies Mm -hmm. for law enforcement. And then the list that they get, you know, a civil service list that they can pull from. 
and not having that discretion to really go against that list. So they're looking at to, to get out of the civil service so that they're able to really pull from um, other areas and other avenues that they might not be you know, allowed to under civil service. That's interesting. I didn't know that. So I do have the community of Plimpton that is non-civil service. Mm -hmm. Um, But I understand that because all our forces are really down officers. But not only our police members, it's our fire members as well. They have that same list going around and around, and they're having a hard time recruiting as well. See, um, I guess I'm fortunate on, on um, you know, some of the fire departments in my district. They uh, East Bridgewater is a non-civil service a fire department, and Abington is very um, content with the members that they have there and the members that they've received. And I know Whitman is kind of in between a little bit, but um, it is a struggle. It's a struggle mm, to get. Struggle. I think it's a struggle to get anyone to work. I mean, if you drive down, you know, any type of populated area that has a lot of uh, businesses, you see, you know, wanted signs. You mm. know, you know, need help. I was going to ask that. I, I heard a candidate the other day. I'm not going to say race or anything, but, but job creation. I don't think job creation is the problem. That's I not think, the issue. I think the, I think the problem is is getting getting those businesses that are up and running organizations. Mm-hmm you know, help, whether it's the police, the fire, whether it's your local restaurant down the street. But it's everything. You know, you look at Target. I think Target's offering over $15 an hour to to just... You know, be, well, even the be summer lifeguards. We mm-hmm. had a shortage of lifeguards. Now there's a shortage of teachers. Mm. Um, I was at the opening, a, a great event they have in Plymouth every single year to welcome the teachers, and they give inspirational awards. And this oh, nice. student band saying they were amazing. But just even speaking to, it was um, one of the adjustment counselors. They're down in adjustment council. They had two people apply for that position. Goodness. And speaking about mental health, that's exactly right, where what we, we need. need. Right. We need those incentives to bring more adjustment counselors within mm-hmm. our schools and to make sure our schools have those resources because, you know, I don't know about you and your district, but Abington received a uh, canine and it's, you know, strictly for the mental health aspect. You know, it's a support canine. So mm-hmm. this canine goes in the schools and it does a great work and it came at like the time that was definitely needed. Uh, we unfortunately lost um, a high school senior to a train accident uh, right before graduation. And luckily we had this canine in the schools that was really there to respond to mm-hmm. the effects that these students were seeing. And, you know, that is a tragedy in and of itself. And I, you know, I think about her mom and her, her uncle mm-hmm. daily and our dad, but, you know, luckily for her friends that were left behind, they had that support mechanism in place. Correct me if I'm wrong here. That's Officer Milo you're talking about. Am I correct? Yes, oh, it is. Oh, Milo. Can, can I just say, though, is this, I, I hope the, the, the love and the affection and the, the work that Milo is doing is going to extend when Milo's a little bit more of a robust mm-hmm. dog because there's mm-hmm. uh, it, it, not a day that goes by where I had during the end of school year that there wasn't a group of kids that were huddling around and interacting with with Officer Heal and and Officer Milo. I mean, you know, I'm a dog person. I know Kathy's a dog person. person. You know, definitely dog supporters over here, but there's definitely um, something that the school nurses have seen, uh, the school adjustment counselors, the Mm -hmm. teachers, when a canine comes into the room that's a support dog like Mm -hmm. that. You know, kids that they least expected um, would just go over and and the dog kind Kind of just you know, and I know my dog. You know your dogs, mm-hmm. right? They know your part. You know what kind of mood you're in and yep. what kind of attention you they may can sense need. Things exactly, yep. and so 
I just, I think it's, it was the right time and I'm so happy Abington has that and I, I look forward to other communities throughout the Commonwealth, especially the South Shore, yes. to get more of those canine support dogs. They do bring one into Silver Lake as well and my daughters told me and it's adorable, but you know, my dog feels that I can't sleep past 5.30 a.m. <laughs> uh, and I, I stand corrected. Actually, actually, a Monday Night Talk listener, Lisa, actually just corrected me and it's Harlow. Thank you, Lisa. Oh, Harlow. Harlow. Yes. Harlow. Okay. But when Milo's look, nice too. When I look at it, I, I see it. Thank you, Lisa. Mile, but th- thank you, Lisa. I think, I think obviously he'll be very upset when he listens and, and I messed up <laughs> no, no. Uh, Harlow's. But I was the yes, named yes. that I, I called him Milo. And then, he used to live in our na- my mom's neighborhood, but they didn't move. But it was... I haven't seen him in a while. Last time I saw him was the fireworks. So thank you, Lisa. So, if you're just tuning in, we are speaking with uh, State Representative uh, Allison Sullivan, Almeida, and <laughs> Representative Kathy Lenatra here, part of the, the State House report. Um, let's talk about the, the big day. Yes. Uh, give you an opportunity. We were well, actually just talking and showing photos with Kathy earlier. Um, yeah, so I got married. Uh, <laughs> back on August 6th, we uh, had a nice, I wouldn't say a small wedding, you know, it was a nice weekend wedding up at Mount Washington, New Hampshire, up in the mountains. Um, very special place to me and my husband. Uh, we, we vacationed there with my family, but also my grandfather who passed away a couple of years ago. Um, that was a place that we always went to. So it was having him there when he wasn't there. And um, our family thing is butterflies. It's butterflies represent the people that have passed. Mm -hmm. And um, we're at the altar and there was a bunch of butterflies around us. Oh, that's wonderful. Some was behind the clouds. It was very hot, but the sun came out when I was walking down the aisle and there was butterflies all around. So I truly believe that was my grandparents, you know, saying hello and, and kind of enjoying that moment with us. New Hampshire is beautiful. It is gorgeous. And I was really hoping that because I chose New Hampshire, it would be a little bit cooler. (laughs) It was not. It was very hot. I'm so sorry to all my guests. So sorry to all my guests that came out. But it was was just a lovely, lovely weekend. Everyone had a great time. And it was just nice to be with family and really enjoy the moment with my husband and, you know, his three daughters and my parents, his parents and our siblings as well. Fantastic. Yeah. Definitely. But she says my husband. I know. It's so it's she so glows weird. when he says that. <laughs> George, if you're listening, hi honey. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about what else as far as is pending this year for you as legislators individually or collectively. What what are some of the other things that we're going to pay attention to and watch for? Is there anything on the horizon or is it a matter of getting ready to let folks know that you have done your work, you have done your due diligence, and you're looking forward to them reelecting you? Yeah, I think at this point, you know, with the way session has been going, it's it's more informal sessions. Like I said, it's so it's just strictly, um, you know, bills that would not necessarily need or require roll calls. Roll call. <clears throat> so a lot of the controversy, you know, in the bills, you won't see that for the rest of the year. And yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, unfortunately or fortunately, this is probably our first <clears throat> real session. It, it is because we extended because we extended session. last session because of COVID. So Kathy and I is like newbies almost in this, <laughs> you know what to expect. 
But our understanding is that, you know, we're done with the formal roll calls unless something, a matter was to come up and and, then, you know, change. I'm interested to see in the Globe article um, that Governor Baker put the 40 million for Mm -hmm. school security. We talked about about this earlier. So I really would like to take a deep dive into that to see what he really wants to do in the schools. Like, what's the plan? Does he mm-hmm. want more school resource officers? Does he want to fix the glass? Like, I, I want a breakdown of that. And I'm, I'm interested to see where that goes. I know uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had State Rep uh, Steve Exaros. Yes. Oh, we about love Steve. Hi, Steve, Hi, Steve. if you're listening. <laughs> Steve uh, came on and, and talked about filing legislation, seeing that every school district has access or is able to have a school resource officer and says that it, he feels that it's it's important. Um, is that something that you're, you're hoping that maybe some of those monies will be put towards or is it more or less making sure that doors are locking and that there's security measures are met even for older dwellings mm-hmm. in some school districts? Well, you know, I would like to see a school resource officer. And I have a different... I remember when I was running, I was running that I wanted to see a school resource resource officer in each school. And I had pushback on that. And I have different views. Being in the town of Kingston and having Silver Lake District, I know personally all those SROs. And they have made a difference in all those children's lives, whether mm-hmm. it's high school or middle school or elementary school. And so that's how I view it. I view it as a person that they can come to mm-hmm. if they're in trouble, mm-hmm. a person that they can trust and not to be afraid of someone that's in a uniform. Yep. Mm-hmm. There are other people that think that it's intimidating and I respect their views, but that's not how I view it and that's not my experience. So yes, I would like to see that. Um, and yes, there's older schools. Plymouth, I, again, today I was in Plymouth and they have schools, two schools that are over 100 years old. Right. So um, I, I would like to see a little bit of everything, to be honest. I'd like to see and the And to your point down. of the SROs, I was actually just having a conversation with a friend of mine today about, you know, what exactly does the SRO do, right? You know, you think about, like you said, it's, mm-hmm. it's that person that um, students in the community can trust, that they that it's a friendly face, whether it's a good time or a bad time that they want to share with that officer. So it's, you know, God forbid, if there was ever a child in need, it's that officer that they know by first name, the same officer they give high fives to, mm-hmm. fist pumps to, mm-hmm. you know, that it's not, especially in trauma, you look to people you know, right? right? So it's not just random police officers showing up in uniform. It's almost this community base where it's this it's this connection between the community and the law enforcement. And it's, it shouldn't be looked at negatively. It should be looked at as, a, as another positive for these students that might not necessarily you know, reach out to law enforcement because they don't trust them for whatever reason right. it may be, right? right? But because they've able to develop that relationship with that SRO, they can go to that person and say, listen, you know, there's this going on at home or that going on at home, or I witnessed this, or I know this is going to happen, or I'm concerned about this person or that person. And it's really just a, another ally in the community. But I would like to see definitely, you know, mm-hmm. all our schools at least have the option, you know, whether or not they want it or not, have the option to have an SRO in each, uh, you know, town or schools, depending on how big, you know, you look at a city like Brockton or even Plymouth that has multiple schools within the area um, that would need and require multiple SROs. Right. Um, so or elementary schools in Plymouth alone. Right. 
So, you know, it's definitely um, something that I would like to see as well. In the older schools, I mean, I have family that's, you know, teachers and they're concerned, you know, they see the things on the news and, you know, especially what happened in Texas, which was horrible. Yep. And, you know, my fam- my heart breaks with those families that, you know, no longer have their children with them. But to come up with a plan, especially in our older schools that mm-hmm. might not have those mechanisms in place to make sure that they do have, have a plan in place, have a safety zone, you know, to make sure that God forbid if th- something like that was to happen in mm-hmm. our communities, that there's those those plans in place. Sure, right. regular Alice drills, mm-hmm. sure that <clears throat> mm-hmm. which I know our schools do. They do. They do. But it's to you know, coming up. You know, even if it's you know thousands of dollars spent on those older schools to make sure that there's the doors locked. Right. Yep. Right. That the doors. You know, lock. you can't put a price on a life. You right. can't. So. You know, I know some schools, and I have these conversations with my, my family members, where the, the you know, and I remember being a kid, right? You had a door in between each classroom. And it's that concern that if you break one, you know, door, you have access to the whole entire hallway. Correct. And to make sure that we have those mechanisms in place to, okay, if they break one door, that they can't go down the hallway right. now to those other classrooms. Almost like a Navy ship. Mm-hmm. Right, if one part of the ship gets damaged and mm-hmm. takes on water, that the rest of the compartments will lock, so right. it'll stay afloat. Yeah, kind of that. Exactly. That yep. Good analogy. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I like I'm that. I'm full of analogies and ties. <laughs> uh, well, we just got a couple of minutes left. I want to give each of you an, a moment to at least kind of chat a little bit about. Uh, if folks want to get involved with your campaign, maybe they might want a lawn sign. How, how can they? How can they do that? Because you deserve that for all for the work that you've oh, done. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks, Kevin. To, to you know, be recognized. And I will say is is that it's been great that for this session and previous sessions that I have a great relationship with all state reps and state senators here in the South Shore. So. Yeah, I was actually just saying to Kathy, I was like, Kevin will text me and he'll be like, all right, let's get on the radio in two days. Sure, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> I, try to ti- I try to time it out. Hey, you know sometimes what? Sometimes it's the morning of. But you know what? It actually sometimes works out perfect because you're like, all right, I have this Monday available, right? And so we do appreciate we what you do. We should block it off. Right? right. Once a- we were saying once a month. We, we should, should block it off. Up for it? Okay. Yeah. Peanut butter and jelly time. Let's do it. (laughs) That's going to be our theme song now. (laughs) I'll be singing in my head all night. I'm going to send you the link. I got I got it. Anyway, so if folks want to find out more, I saw you out putting out signs. I have been. I have been putting them out. You know, we wanted to get them out before the primary. You know, I do not have a primary opponent, but we wanted to make sure people know that I'm still on the primary ballot. So if they want to get involved, you know, obviously my social media is the easiest access to me and that's State Representative Allison Sullivan. They can message me on there in any way, shape, or form. I also have my personal page, which is Allison Sullivan Almeida. Have not changed my <laughs> name legally yet, no. Um, they can message me on there. Also, my email is allisonsullivan4 at gmail, the number four. Uh, you can send me a message on there if you'd like a lawn sign. I appreciate all the support I've gotten over the last several years um, and the continued support and also the the new support that I'm getting. I'm really appreciating that. Um, I love what I do. I'm looking forward to hopefully continuing to serve the 7 Plymouth District. I really enjoy um, working with my colleagues on the other side of the aisle, even though I try to convert Kathy, I think, on a daily basis. <laughs> I think do that both. <laughs> yes, yes. But, you know, it, it has been an honor and a blessing, and I, I look forward to hopefully continuing. Kathy? Yes. I mean, this job has been the honor of my lifetime, to be honest. Um, I, I hope to continue in this job. I think I'm really making a difference. But you can reach me at teamlenatra.com. I have kathylenatra.com is my website. And I do have a face page, which is State Rep Facebook page. State Rep. Kathy Lenatra. But would hope to hear from you. If you want a lawn sign, just reach out. Want to volunteer? Knock some doors. We're knocking doors. Yes, yes, yes. And I do have a website, too, which I forgot to mention oh. until you said it. Go, you ahead. Go ahead. Allison. <laughs> 
Brett Balsonsullivan.com. Ladies, thank you Kevin's so much for coming Kevin's trying to get in. us off the air, He's so like, that's why we're, no, no, we're no, talking no, so Kevin, fast. If, if I had a whole show, I would you'd, you'd stay for the <laughs> first hour. You have enough to talk about for the first hour. But, uh, ladies, thank you so much for joining me. Thank, thank you, you for having us. Now, is Lieutenant Governor Candidate calling in now? She's she's already called Oh, in? we oh, should say wow. hi. You should. You want to stick and say hi? You yeah, can. I'd love to right. say hi. All right, okay, so let's do this. Let's take a break, and we'll say hi right afterwards. You are tuned in to Monday Night Talk. Right here on 95.9 WATD. Don't go anywhere. What is AA? Alcoholics Anonymous is an international fellowship of people who have had a drinking problem. It is non-professional and self-supporting. AA is multiracial, apolitical, and available almost everywhere. There are no age or education requirements. Membership is open to anyone who wants to do something about their drinking problem. For more information, literature, and videos about Alcoholics Anonymous, and to find a meeting near you, visit aa.org. Alcoholics Anonymous has a solution. McGuigan's Pub is an upscale Irish pub with all the class of a Boston pub. The menu offers favorites like steak tips, fish and chips, meatloaf, as well as burgers, sandwiches, and pizza. The relaxed, comfortable atmosphere at McGuigan's makes it the perfect place to eat, drink, and socialize with family and friends. New hours are Tuesday through Thursday, 4 to close, Friday through Sunday, 1130 to close. McGuigan's Pub is at 546 Washington Street in Whitman with the full menu available at McGuigan'sPub.com. Hi, my name is Alex Bizantin, and I'm running for Plymouth County Commissioner. I am the former chairman of the Abington Conservation Commission, former Abington Water Commissioner, and now serving in my second term as Abington Selectman. I am currently serving on the executive board of the Plymouth County Advisory Board. If you would like to learn more about my candidacy, please visit my website at alexbizantin.org or follow me on Facebook. I am Alex Bizantin for Plymouth County Commissioner, and I approve this message. Plymouth County is a large area stretching from just south of Boston down to the Cape Cod Canal. I'm Alex Bazanson. Join me and my guests for countywide coverage, everything from the Mayflower Landing to the most recent town meetings, how national news affects us locally, and how things that happen in Plymouth County affects the rest of the South Shore. Tune in for All About Plymouth County tomorrow night at 7 here on 95.9 WATD. Monday Night Talk continues all week long. Go to 959WATD.com slash Monday Night Talk and keep in touch on Facebook and Twitter. And now, more Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi. All right, we are back. Final segment of Monday Night Talk. And joining us as candidate for uh, lieutenant governor for uh, the GOP nod, we have uh, Leah Cole. Alan, Leah, welcome to Monday Night Talk. Hey, Kevin, thanks for having me. And I think I have somebody who wants to just say hi to you real quick. We have uh, State Rep. Allison Sullivan who wanted to say hi. Hi, Leah, how are you? Hi, Allison, it's nice to talk to you. I know. I wanted to say congratulations on your wedding. I remember when I saw you um, in Boston that day when you were submitting your signature, your nomination papers, you were getting ready for that, so. Yes, yes, it feels like forever ago, but, you know, it it wasn't that long ago. Right, right, so, yeah, really good to talk to you. I was listening in for the past um, 10 or 15 minutes, and it sounds like you've been really hard at work up there, so thanks for what you're doing. Well, let's not forget, you also served as a state rep, am I correct? Yes, I did. I served uh, from the city of Peabody up on the North Shore. Yeah, the nice. 12th Essex District. 
Right. So for those who don't know who you are, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so my name is Leah Allen. I am a wife. I'm a mother of two young kids. I'm a former state representative, and I'm also a registered nurse. Uh, So I ran for state rep in my early 20s. I was um, elected in a special election and and re-elected in a general. I served the people of Peabody, and I worked on a number of things uh, that was important to the taxpayers, including repealing the automatic gas tax, which sounded like a bad idea in 2014, and that was before Mm -hmm. gas prices and inflation were what they are today. And Jeff Deal and I, Jeff Deal, who's running for governor, we worked together on that. Uh, We served together in the legislature, so I know Jeff, great guy, think he'll make a great governor. And when I left politics, I went back to the private sector to my nursing job. I worked at a local hospital up here on the North Shore for almost five years. And then the pandemic hit. We were treating hospitalized COVID patients. Actually, the floor I worked on was the first floor taking uh, COVID patients. And I worked throughout the pandemic, even while I was pregnant with my second baby. Oh, wow. There was... Yeah, there. Um, it was it was a crazy, scary experience. But you know, we showed up every day and we got through it. And uh, there wasn't any vaccine available then. And when I was getting ready to come back from maternity leave, I was told by my employer that I had to choose between getting the COVID shot or losing my job. And I just, yeah, and I wasn't comfortable with the lack of safety data on the shot. And I felt that you know I had worked all the time when there wasn't a vaccine available. I had some immunity. I had COVID already and uh, I, I wasn't interested in taking the shot and because of that I lost my job and I think um, I was among you know a lot of other people in Massachusetts who were faced with the same proposition and either people had lost their jobs. I know there was a ton of healthcare workers that worked at a hospital in the Plymouth area that also uh, lost their jobs mm-hmm. and poor um, people felt coerced like they had no choice in the matter and even if they didn't want to take the shot they felt they had to to keep their job and I just thought that was totally wrong and that wasn't the government's place to really get involved in that. Um, Jeff Steele was kind of on the same page. He had said that day one of his administration, he'd rehire all the state workers right. who were terminated from that executive order. He would rescind that. And then day two, he would um, get rid of everyone who thought that was a good idea because I think we really need people in state government who are going to respect <clears throat> the rights of people and make sure that the government isn't getting involved in their personal life. So, so I do have a, you know, I, I appreciate it. First, I want to say thank you for your service as a nurse, uh, especially during a pandemic and, and being pregnant with your child. I can only imagine how scary that was. Um, uh, I, I know people that have worked in hospitals. I have family members that uh, nurses, doctors. And so I know that, mm-hmm. you know, in, in and of itself is a, is a tough job at times. And then you throw in a pandemic, it's even worse, right? So yeah. do you guys have like a plan? Because healthcare now is even worse than what it was, you know, pre-pandemic and and you look at the lack of uh, nurses staffers uh, techs you know the different kind of day-to-day people that we need to really thrive especially around our mental health stuff have you guys you know you and Jeff as a a team have you guys kind of discussed what you may try to um, implement or, or bring to the table to really tackle those issues that we're seeing day in and day out yeah, that's a great question. I mean, unfortunately, as far as the mandates go, when it comes to health care workers, that's a federal mandate. It's tied to Medicare right. funding, so couldn't really do anything about health care workers. But 
you know, I think what we have seen, and I think it's important to point out that as Attorney General, Mara Healy was instrumental in allowing all of these huge hospitals to merge and kind of um, yep. kind of take over a lot of the community hospitals. And she had to make special arrangements to allow that because in Massachusetts that wasn't legal because there were concerns that it would affect quality of care and that it would become about the bottom line, which is what I have absolutely seen. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so as from a government standpoint, you know, we that's something that Jeff and I have been talking about. I think that the it's really up to the hospitals. They have to start paying their employees better. They have to start looking forward and making sure that patient care is really the uh, most important factor when they're determining how they're going to hire and recruit and retain employees when they're talking about getting supplies and just everything from top to bottom, every every worker that goes into the hospital uh, right. but definitely as far as uh, and I heard you guys talking about the fact that what we, what's facing us as a state is really filling a lot of jobs there are employers that can't seem to find people to hire mm. and I think the state can use some of the tools that we have as far as the Department of um, Workforce Development and making sure that we're connecting employers to employees right. that are looking for work and from what I'm hearing right now, we have a pretty antiquated system that takes too long and it's not very responsive. And we could be doing a whole lot better in that area, as well as making sure that we're bringing these job training programs to cities and to places that people could really get some use out of this and make sure that we're really advertising what we can offer as a state to get people into good paying jobs that are going to help the economy and help their families. I was just saying that I think that's a great response. I, I know it's no easy question, no, has no easy answer. Nope. Otherwise, I think we'd have the answer already done and in the making. So I appreciate I just was hoping, you know, to get kind of your insight, especially from your background. But I know Kevin has a lot more questions. He was not expecting me to stay on the show. No, no. And I, I like I like that. Well, I actually, that was a great question. But I, I actually dubbed her the uh, the unofficial co-host uh, this evening. Yeah. So, so she, she if she stays around, she stays around. <laughs> um, I, I got to ask you, though. Uh, Leah, what was it like to be asked to uh, run with Jeff Deal? And what do you see your role as being as lieutenant governor? Yeah, so it was definitely a huge decision. As I said, I have young kids. Uh, both of my kids are under three years old right now. So my uh, my first thought was there's no way. I can't do it. My kids are too small. Like, I can't go all over the state. But after having talks with my husband and my extended family, everybody thought it was too important all the issues facing our state that I do get involved again and I have a lot of family support so we've been working that out and it's been working out really well we've been able to meet a ton of voters uh, and to make a good work-life balance so uh, that's I'm really lucky that way my role I think is you know for me and what I've been hearing from a lot of unenrolled voters and we say that Massachusetts is really a, a democratic state, but re- really it's an unenrolled state. That's mm-hmm. the 60% that everyone needs to capture in order to win elections. And from what I've been hearing, huge issues that cross both parties are medical freedom, the ability you know, to make your own medical choices without the government holding your job over your head, and parents who want to be involved in the decisions that the schools are making when it comes to what their kids are learning and certain mandates that, that the parents may not want. These are issues that we've been hearing all across the state from people who come up to us and admit they've never paid attention to politics before, but these are the issues that matter. And so Jeff Deal and I have really been running on championing those issues and making sure that people really have a government that serves them and makes 
the decisions that people want to see that they're included in and we're upholding their rights and just empowering people more than telling them what to do. So I, I, that's that's always a great thing to have, um, especially after a post-pandemic era. Um, I do wanted to kind of pick your brain a little bit. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a domestic violence survivor. I've been very outspoken against um, some of the stuff that's been in play here in Massachusetts. Um, and I know the lieutenant governor has been really on the forefront around domestic violence and sexual assault. Do you see yourself kind of continuing that? you know, role as well? Are you going to keep the, the governor's counsel with the domestic violence and sexual assault program that's in place? Do you look at changing that in any way or shape or form? Yeah, and I actually had been following that, and I was really disappointed to see that uh, the legislature wasn't really willing to work with you um, you guys on that right up until the end. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that um, Lieutenant Governor Polito did a great job on that. That's definitely something that's important work that affects so many people in the Commonwealth something that I would definitely be on board with supporting and continuing the programs that are going to really protect and, and um, you know, protect and support victims of domestic violence and domestic assault. So definitely. Appreciate it. You know, I want to follow up in regards to the Lieutenant Governor. One of the things I feel that the uh, Lieutenant Governor Polito was great at was working extensively with municipalities around the Commonwealth, helping mm-hmm. them to find out and identify what their needs were and help them, especially when it came to economic development. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you see yourself in a similar role or something a little different? Well, I think it's it's really important that we have those relationships with the municipalities. We want to make sure that we're supporting them in, in you know, as you said, economic development. We want to make sure that we're providing enough local aid so that property taxes don't have to keep going up so that seniors and working families can afford to stay and thrive in Massachusetts and they don't have to try to leave to go to more affordable states. And the thing is that Massachusetts doesn't have a revenue problem. We have a spending problem. We have a priorities problem. So what I would really like to try to tackle in our administration is making sure that the money that we collect, uh, that we operate the state with, and I'm not talking about the billions of dollars in surplus that we can't seem to figure out how we're going to send back to the Mm. taxpayers, but definitely making sure that the money that we take in is being used appropriately and we're supporting the cities and towns to make sure that they have what they need and that the people don't have to keep paying taxes on top of taxes and fees and everything else. What are some of the other things that you're hearing, uh, whether it's from voters, elected officials, what are you hearing around the Commonwealth as to some of the other, maybe they're not high-level issues, you know, like taxes and fixed-by-roads. Mm-hmm. What are some of the other items that you're hearing from voters that they want your administration to take care of? So I was actually out in Western Mass yesterday, and there was a couple of municipal employees that were concerned about the early retirement, I guess, that was being offered. Through COVID, if you had worked through COVID, you could retire. I think it was three years early with your benefits, and that's important to a lot of of those people. And something that I would have to look into further. But it's really just, I mean, everyone has has a issue that is important to them, and I try to take every issue that I hear and really look into it. I have people email me to follow up with more information because you can't be an expert in everything, and mm-hmm. it's really listening to the people of Massachusetts and what's important to them, and uh, people have really opened my eyes to a lot of what we could improve in the state. 
So you enjoying the uh, tour around the Commonwealth of Massachusetts? <laughs> uh, I would probably enjoy it a little more if gas prices were lower. But <laughs> no, definitely, I've been seeing a lot of cool things, things that I probably wouldn't have seen otherwise. And I mean, I can't believe how beautiful Western Mass is. Yep. Um, I've been to the South Shore more than I ever have. There's kind of like that running joke that North Shore people don't go to the South Shore. South Shore people don't go to the <laughs> North Shore. But <laughs> we've been obviously breaking that stereotype. And um, the South Shore just has a lot to offer. And I think that really Massachusetts is really a great state. It's, and it makes me want to keep going and keep working to make sure that we can make it a state that people can afford to live in and want to stay and raise their families and, you know, just a, a great place for everyone to live. Leah, the uh, the primary is just a week away, a little bit more than a week away. Uh, what is it going to be like for yourself and Jeff as you try to get the word out and get the vote to uh, to at least be elected or at least be uh, selected to have the, the GOP um, nomination for governor and lieutenant governor? Yeah, so this, this week leading up is, has been kind of a media blitz. I mean, I've done so many interviews and appearances and just trying to really get the word out and make, make sure that people know that Jeff and I have our own separate races to run. So if you like the idea that ideas that Jeff and I are putting forward, it's really important to get out into the primary and vote for both of us so that we can both advance to the general election. And then at that time, we become a ticket right. that you just vote for the two of us. So a lot of people don't, I think, realize that. So that's an important distinction to make. And we're kind of doing just had done a Berkshire's to Boston tour Jeff and I um, over the past few months so we're kind of doing a mini version of that on election day where Jeff is going to start out in Western Mass and work his way back and then I'm starting um, here on the North Shore I'm going to meet him kind of in Central Mass and just kind of get everybody you know into, you know worked up to go out and vote and keep the excitement going if folks want to find out more about the campaign we got less than 60 seconds how can they uh, get it how can they get involved or at least be able to assist in these final hours so my website is leahcoleallen.com you can sign up for email updates there we send one out usually a couple times a week to let you know where we are and what's going on i'm also on facebook you can find me leahcoleallen.com but on the ballot i will be leah v allen so that's an important distinction to make <laughs> Excellent. Well, we thank you so much for joining us this evening. Yeah, thank luck. you so much. Great questions. Good talking to you guys. Thanks you so it. much. Rep Sullivan, thank you for staying. Rep Sullivan Almeida, thank you for joining <laughs> us. And thank we want to thank you. Don't forget to tune in for the political forum in just a few moments. Until next week at 6.15 p.m., that's when we'll have more Monday Night Talk. Stay tuned. Have a great evening.